Hi, you're listening to Young Leaders Podcast, a show that inspires creatives and motivates you to make a meaningful impact in the world. My name is Filippo Bagarella, and I'll be your guide to success as we interview young leaders, selfishly asking them about their progress and the lessons in life they've learned so far. Because if they can do it, you can do it. So, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Charlotte Coons. Yeah. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for being in the show. Thanks for having me. We this appreciate cool. it. Um, I will start with the first question I ask everybody. Okay. And that is, what is your definition of leadership? My definition of leadership, I think it is um, an awareness of the ecosystem with which you live and are part of and all the players and components of that um, ecosystem, like what makes everyone thrive, what makes people happy, what brings people down. Um, because in a community, you know, one one person's failure ends up having that ripple effect um, and bringing, at least in like a healthy community, um, it ends up bringing others down as well and so in order to strengthen that ecosystem in a community um you know uplifting people uplifting people selflessly and choosing one to be selfish in order to help um you know those people that you live with um that is how i would define leadership i think it's uplifting others Mm. Uplifting yourself so that you can better uplift others. Um, that's like the grand, I, I think my grand idea of leadership. I think in the, the context of something like a school or like, for example, a community of composers, it's like talking and smiling, listening to their music, for example, um, going to concerts, supporting people, that kind of thing. Okay. Uh, yeah. 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 Okay. So, in a way, you are trying to tell me that leadership is basically creating a sense of community where yes. everybody's at the same level and everybody yes. listens to each other. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Well, tell me, you are a composer. Yes. How did you get into composition? Composition... How did I get into it as like a informal practice or how did I decide to pursue it? In a way, how did you start at the very beginning? Um, well, when I was a kid, I um, took violin lessons and then later piano lessons and I didn't want to practice anything. I just like making it up as I went along. Um, and... Like, I'd like to listen to something and then think I could play it on the piano. I'm like, hey, listen to this. It's that song that we just heard. It, it probably didn't sound much like those songs that I was trying to replicate, but I thought that that was so much fun, being able to pick out a tune and then recreate it. And then, you know, the practice of improv comes from that kind of oral, um, that oral lens on performance. And so then I would start making stuff up, harmonizing, um, I first remember harmonizing, like starting to sing along mm. to songs in the car, like when I was like eight or nine. Um, Very young age. 
Oh my gosh, because it was so much fun. And also at that time, I thought my voice was dropping in my head. I was like, I can't sing these high notes anymore, but I can sing this like nice harmony and I still sound fabulous on this, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and then from there, when I got my first school computer with Audacity on it, yeah. I would like sit in the closet in my room and sing like the one that got away with like eight different like vocal layers and, create and stuff your own like choir. that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we used to do that um, in high school. It was a requirement for oh, us. Oh, really? But it actually made me understand that you can produce anything oh, you want. Oh my gosh, anything it's you want. It's literally, at, and it wasn't with Audacity. I think it was with um, Reaper. Yeah. Which is basically like Audacity, but a little bit more... Uh, yeah. advanced in a way yeah audacity was like the built-in the built-in one and i just i found it and saw that you could layer tracks and i was like oh my gosh i never needed to play an instrument again because i can layer my voice a thousand times and it's a song it's an acapella arrangement and that's how and that's how this brings me to a, a new topic basically you uh wrote this beautiful piece <laughs> that i want you to talk about thank you and i'll I don't want to actually talk me much about it. I want you to tell me about the latest piece that Longi has played. Okay. Open Ears? Yes. Okay. Open Ears was... Which, by the way, is not <laughs> was written was written way before you got here at Longi. Yeah. Um, I mean, I started it in the summer of 2020, which, I mean, I, I don't need to explain any of that, but um, I was looking for the joy and, like, things, okay, and just shocked by the beauty of nature. Like, mm -hmm. just so, like, wow, this tree, this landscape, this, I mean, not landscape, but this environment is really speaking to me. And it is beautiful. And I don't want to sit on my computer any longer. I just want to sit here and stare at, like, these blades of grass. I know that sounds crazy, but, like, no, no. that is... Sounds kind of peaceful, actually. Yeah, so I kind of want to be there now. Um. And so I started writing poems, and it, this poem that I came across was came across that I ended up writing down was, "Rise and receive the morning, toes warming through the dew. Listen when the trees murmur that they scare, get scared too, which people have made fun of me for, and I'm like, okay, I don't care. Um, paint me with understanding, color, wisdom, true." Draft a simple outline as your teachers paint to do. Sunshine fades with a gentle dim demise. Stars adorn the field as darkness strains the skies. And that was kind of like, okay, everything is so hectic and crazy. And this complex world that we've built for ourselves, like school, network, online, um, job, all of this stuff that suddenly had to stop mm -hmm. in that time, that suddenly was frozen. Mm -hmm. Like, the simple beauty of a day and the feelings that you have for other people and the, the place that you are, um, the simplicity of that and, like, the complexity of it, too, at the same time. Like, how we are a part of something so much bigger than us yeah. um, was so powerful to me. And so then, as composers do, I started scoring that for... Um, the first, just two singers and then a choir and then I wanted strings... Um, and the poem itself, I don't have a lot of confidence in my ability to write poems or lyrics or anything like that, but then I was introduced, and like the trees part, for example, people thought was crazy, and I was like, that's kind of weird that I just wrote that, I don't know, but then I was reading, um, Braiding Sweetgrass, um, by Robin Wall Kimmerer, and she has this quote in it that says, 
listening, um, standing witness creates an opening. Uh, I got that quote wrong. Can I look it up? Yeah, sure. Go for it. And I have two quotes that I want to bring up about yes, please. Robin Paul. Listening, listening, standing, listening, standing, witness. Did it up. Okay, Robin Wall Kimmerer says, listening, standing witness creates an opening to the world in which the boundaries between us can be dissolved in a raindrop, can dissolve in a raindrop. And that validated everything I'd been thinking about listening and how um, just being there in the woods, there's something that you can't really articulate about the way it makes you feel, the things it makes you notice. Um, and I had no other way to say that except for listen when the trees murmur that they sc get scared too because they were pointing to all of these things that, again, I can't articulate. Um, another hero of mine, John Luther Adams, at his talk this week at Radcliffe Institute, said something very similar. He, he was talking about how out of all the senses, listening is his deepest connection with the earth. Um, and how it is just something spiritual to the point that he can't even articulate. Like, you, c it's touching air. Like, sound is, like, you're touching air. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so that inspired that piece. There's another quote by Robin Walkemerer that, I think is beautiful because it explains that feeling of like, oh my gosh, okay, I was in, I was spending all this time sitting in like the forest near my home, like so grateful to be there and really leaning into like, this is the landscape, like this is my, this is my place. This land is like, I mean, obviously we all live on stolen land. Like we do all live on stolen land. And so that is Robin Walkemer talks about that a lot. Um, and so it is not my land, but it is the place where I was born, the place where I was raised. She says, Action on behalf of life transforms because the relationship between self and the world is reciprocal. It is not a question of first getting enlightened or saved and then acting. As we work to heal the earth, the earth heals us. And so the moment that, like, I tuned my ears to that uh, the place that I loved and started getting angry about things like seeing garbage in it or someone wants to cut down their tree and plant a non-native species because it doesn't work in their lawn or something like that, that feeling of, like, injustice that grew inside me as I was noticing these things, it makes sense that the creativity would flow through the piece that I had written for the world because it becomes a reciprocal um, kind of relationship. Something that a lot of people don't understand about musicians, but artists in general, yeah. so singers, composers, writers, mm -hmm. um, I mean, literary writers. Yeah. Uh, like yourself it's <laughs> it's that um mo most of the times behind that page there is a world that that is really difficult to comprehend yeah 
because you can you can try to explain it through music, mm -hmm. through words, through notes. But I am a firm believer that music is just a um, a way of getting there. Mm -hmm. And there are many ways to get there. Yeah. But getting there is <laughs> is the is the main requirement or yeah. you know achievement yeah understanding the story behind a piece and unfortunately that doesn't that is missing in in music in general because not everybody when they go to a concert and they listen mm -hmm. to whether it be a beethoven symphony or your piece yeah or a piece from our professors mm -hmm. they don't understand that there's a story behind them we yeah. don't understand. Yeah. And that's that's what I'm trying to to connect the dots here. It's I'm trying to understand if there is a way to connect this ideal of music as a form of traveling to the story that yeah. they're trying to convey to mm -hmm. actually getting there. Yeah. I will say um as a default, like even if you have no context for what the story is, listening to a piece, the action of listening deeply ends up, like no matter if you know the story or not, if you are listening in a way where you can surrender yourself and just listen, just listen, that is a form of like transcending ego and all of that stuff all of your influences and all of your biases and just like it's a meditative thing to be able to deeply listen to a piece and that in itself is beneficial for everybody involved like for musicians because then you have people moved who really really listen deeply and you yourself as a listener um has had the experience of getting to step outside of themselves for a minute and so that I think that's one of my favorite things about music is that that experience, if you can drop all your biases when you're listening to something and just surrender yourself to that sound, then that is like a, that's an experience that's going to um, move you regardless. But when it comes to story, um, music, I mean, as we see with media and all of that, all media composition and also music in the form of like a benefit concert or something music is a very powerful tool when paired mm. with other things as well and like for my score for this i painted a bunch of paintings because i wanted them i wanted my singers and my players to see that world that i was like it's just a double visualizer you yeah, know yeah yeah um yeah art I mean, separate art forms are so powerful as yeah, it is. Yeah, art is art. Together, art is art. It's like, ooh. It doesn't matter what type of art. <laughs> yeah, but art is art. One step back, mm -hmm. you said something extremely interesting mm -hmm. um, that I want to go back to. Yeah. The art of listening. Mm -hmm. And that is not just in music. That mm -hmm. is in everything. Yeah. Listening to your partner, mm -hmm. listening to your friends, listening to yourself. And this brings me also to like mental health, mm -hmm. which is something that we try to talk about in the podcast yeah. every time. <laughs> um, Happy to talk about it. <laughs> but 
in music, unfortunately, just like in sports, mental health isn't always um, considered mm. as much as the performance, yeah. as much as the glamour and all that. Yeah. So my question is, how do you cope with, with sometimes the pressure of having to get things done? I mean, just last week, you mm -hmm. were having like two, three projects <laughs> yeah. you had to get done and you got, I think, like two out of three or something like that because you did everything you could. Yeah. Working like night in and like day and night. Yeah. It was... <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. I, I wouldn't be able to <laughs> tell you. Um, there's something about like creative people and their gravitation towards nighttime work that is so destructive, mm -hmm. but it feels so good in the moment. And I think that leads to a lot of like you know, later panic. But that's a whole other topic. Like, that night, 24 hours, like, I've been working on this project for legitimately 17 hours. I could prove it to you. I have the receipts type feeling. But that's separate, so we'll get back to that. Um, so I struggle a lot, a lot, a lot with mobilizing, like, activating, like, like, like getting up in the morning. Procrastinating. <laughs> Procrastinating. I'm a procrastinator. I am a really big procrastinator, but it's funny. Now that I get to do only music, I don't procrastinate as much. It just takes me a long time. To get it done. Yeah, to get it done. It takes a long time, but I'm so much more excited to do it than I used to be when I was writing papers and things. Um, but music takes a long time, and those hours just disappear. They just go by mm. because I'm. It's they're not bad hours i'm not agonizing over the work but it does take time flies. hours it takes hours um the same way that when i was sitting in my closet as a kid making those recordings it would suddenly be midnight like three hours past my bed like bedtime or whatever like good hours good happy hours but they go by so fast um and then losing sleep and all that kind of stuff and just um like, I have a lot of trouble mobilizing. Mm -hmm. um, and something that helps me a lot, because I, I'll go through weeks of just, like, bad, bad, can't get out of bed, um, can't go to class, like, build up these mental blocks. Um, Same. Yeah, it's it, it doesn't feel good. Because you feel like, you know you can actually do it, but you just, like, you tell yourself... You organize your day saying, I'm not going to do that. And even yeah. though you can actually do that, you're not going to do that. Yeah. It's yeah. scary. It is scary. Because you just have to think it once and then yeah. it's blocked there. Yeah. Sometimes the opposite happens to me where I'll have something that's on my to-do list every day. And then I just, my eyes glaze over it every day because I have a mental thing that's so deep. Like, I was supposed to get my passport last November. And it was on the top of my, when I make to-do lists, it mm -hmm. was on the top of my to-do list. I got my passport, like, I went to the passport office, like, last week. <laughs> because it's just one of those things that's like, oh, my gosh. I put it off for so long. Like, it stressed me out to think about it. So I was like, ah. I'm literally the same with emails. Yeah. Oh my Especially, like, important emails. The, the more important they are, yeah. the, the less response they'll Seriously. get. Seriously. Seriously. And that's why those moments of waking up or having, like, an idea, like, I need to respond to this now, are they're so precious because they're no. so fleeting. And if you don't follow up with it, then it's not going to happen. Anyway, what helps me to activate um, and to get me out of those um, dark funks um, is 
practicing gratitude no matter how hard it is. And how do you do that? I, like, verbalize. I say, I am so grateful to be in the place I am with the people that I'm with doing the thing that I love most. Like, the fact that we are here able to make music every day um, is just so incredible. It is so incredible because by default like we we have the tools now to to make to have to make positive change yes to make positive change an impact an impact another thing john luther adams said last week was you think about the history of the world um and all the bad i used to want to be a politician (laughs) and all the bad i honestly could see you as a politician thank you i could see you as a politician madam president (laughs) no i could not but would you want to be then well i used to want to do epa or something but it's rigged it's all rigged anyway um all the bad stuff you think about the war the devastation the um yeah the bad stuff in history that's politics and it's the business of power. Like, it is, that's the history of power. And then you think about art, and it is all the good things in history. Like, all of the, art imitates life, right? It's like this it's a mirror subtle, of life. yeah. Yeah, and it's reciprocal, too. Yes. Um, it makes a lot of positive change, and it shows us the bad, and it, it's a record of history that is, good and it's beautiful and it continues it has a legacy in itself but it's powerful and it changes people's lives and so the fact that we get to wake up every day and say i'm i'm making music today and i i don't i mean i might have to respond to some emails like maybe look at the bills i got in the mail but other than that like i'm in the business of i mean i hate that i just called it a business but like it is an industry though yeah it is but, like, I am in the – I spend my days making music, and that gratitude can propel me out of those funks in, you know, an hour or three days. But <laughs> gratitude – So what keeps you sane? What you're trying to tell me is what – correct me if I'm wrong, but mm-hmm. music keeps you, keeps you sane. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, yeah. And the wow. gratitude for the, the people in my life who have made it possible for me to do music and have pushed me in that direction. And, like, yeah. So, what I... Teachers, sorry. No, no. What I also want to talk about is how do you think, as, as a person, not necessarily mm-hmm. as a composer, which implies, anyways, as a composer, mm-hmm. um... How do you see yourself giving back in the in the future? Because mm-hmm. you know, a composer like you can easily teach, can easily write music for a movie, can easily yeah. write a symphony for I don't know for an orchestra. <laughs> like, what 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 are you aiming? Yeah. To achieve. Well, in terms of giving back to the the people, places times and spaces <laughs> that have like that's amazing <laughs> that have um got me to where I am now and like will continue to help me as I go mm-hmm. um I think a great way to give back is to be the best person you can be first and mm. foremost 
to thank people. And third, to, I mean, yeah, hopefully I can, like, one day repay my mom. Like, give her a nice We spoke check. about that Yeah, last we did. Time. Like, the feeling. One M, just yeah. a million dollars yeah. for them. Here, family, I love you. Thank you for Thank everything. Thank you for helping out. Exactly. And that's a very powerful gift. I Actually, let's speak it into existence. I'm so excited to repay my family for all the things they no. actually. Um, manifest. Yeah, manifest. Exactly. But also, um, uh, like, you know, we're making music now. Making music that is filled with, like, gratitude. And I think making music that is true to you. Like, I always feel proud showing my grandparents the works that aren't like I used to write things that were kind of full of bitterness like I had one or two pieces that I felt were charged with bitterness and I didn't want to show anyone those because you were afraid it would uh I just felt ashamed like it was an inside feeling of like wow this wasn't art that came from a good place in me mm. and I feel very excited to show them the works that I feel are um charged with love and respect and um honoring someone else that I think is good, for example. Um, I don't know. I've, In terms of, like, giving back to teachers and stuff, I think the same, like doing the best I can at all times without obviously overspending any kind of energy. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know what I want to end up doing, but that's what I think is cool about this place is – like having an open imagination as we've talked about in the past few yes. weeks will literally take you anywhere like open mind open mind yeah and a lot of musicians have really non-linear careers yeah and like some of my heroes with that are people like Donald Glover for example who does soundtracks and stuff actually i don't know if he actually does he has classical music mhm classical okay i'm starting this conversation question no no no, exactly let's start this conversation i had this conversation with the previous person i interviewed yeah there's this misconception and i want to see what you think about this there's this misconception that if you enter in classical music somehow you're not going to be accepted or taken as seriously if you don't pursue classical music example when I started playing seriously mm-hmm. in classical music, I, I specialized mostly in, in, in symphonies and, yeah. and orchestra playing. When I liked playing Lady Gaga, <laughs> Michael Jackson, yeah, I was frowned upon. Really? Because they thought that that was that was inappropriate. They thought that yeah. that wasn't music. They thought that that was just the way yeah. to work your way through excuses to make something more simple but make it greater. Yeah. Whereas I think that and then I want to know what you think. Mm-hmm. I believe that music is, is a constant evolution. Yeah. And I caught myself again in this problem, and you mm-hmm. heard me in class uh, <laughs> of film scoring. Yeah. Um, I don't, I, I'm not enough open-minded to say that I got there because, mm-hmm. you know, music that's, that's composed now, yeah. I don't get it. Yeah. I really don't. New music? Because I still have... Music. Yeah, new music. Because yeah. I still have these roots in me that I'm trying to extrapolate yeah. still. That's really difficult. What, yeah. What's what's your way of It is it? difficult. 
Um, I like most of my influence. I'm not classically trained in anything. Mm-hmm. Like I, I've just, I'm about six years into classical composition training, but my my roots are very much popular music, like 100% pop, rock, hip hop, all of that kind of stuff. And then I was like in the school orchestra until I was a freshman in high school mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. Then I joined choirs, one of which where we sang like pop songs and stuff. And then in college, I was in chorus for two semesters, but I was mostly working on like my acapella group arranging Billie Eilish and stuff like Aww. that. And so that must have been really nice. It was so much fun. It was so much fun. And music in informal settings is, uh, I think, like when I am the most truly happy, it's like just hanging out but singing. Like, whoa, could you Doing imagine? it well but chilling. Yeah. That's just... And there's like beauty in your ears. You look around, you see the people that you love. It's crazy. Yes. It's crazy. That's a vibe. It is a vibe. That's a vibe. Yeah. I'm telling you. It really is. Um, And so in terms of like the canon, for example, I have so much catching up to do. And I've been listening to all these symphonies that everyone knows. And people will say like, are you familiar with this, this piece? And everyone in the class will be like, oh, yeah. And I'm like writing it down like maybe I'll give it a listen um common knowledge (laughs) yeah not my common knowledge um but I feel really lucky to have that advantage not it's not an advantage at all it's a disadvantage I feel lucky to have that disadvantage because I mean I'm studying hard Mm -hmm. and I think that new music is really interesting because I understand the function of popular music to the best of my ability Mm -hmm. um it it shapes listeners. It it's what they it's the soundscapes of their lives, their childhood. If they're not, you know, a classical violinist, for example, like it is those. Well, no, but if Michael yeah. Jackson shaped the way that you think and hear, then that is just as powerful. Yes, because like that is what keeps people returning over and over again to the same songs for the rest of their lives and it's what shapes their musical influences now let that happen like for classical violinists then of course they're going to like beethoven the most for the rest of their lives because that's what they grew up playing and the canon just reinforces itself in that way but that's a whole different conversation that's a different story. <laughs> yeah it's a different story um in terms of pop music like that is that function what i think is cool about new music and how i've been able to really really dive into that world with like ears wide open, creative head on my shoulders, like ready to go. And without that judgmental lens that at first I was like, what the heck is this? Um, Like the first experiences I had with classical music, I was like, what in the world? I mean, contemporary music. Yeah. Um, But the exploration of sound is what is driving what is driving that music it's the exploration of like close your eyes and remove like detach the instrument from the sounds that you're hearing what is what are those sounds and what does it make you think of what place are you transported to and whoa that you did that with your violin <laughs> like that is crazy um like the exploration of sounds the combination of sounds each project, each piece that is composed, for the most part, 
is trying to explore something new and collectively all of that is moving towards a place of broadening decolonizing that canon that is mm-hmm. so um oh, what is the word it's so um saturated hmm. with 200 year old compositions from people who look pretty much the same and all had similar teachers um yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, the, the idea of standing out and, and and creating a new because if you let's go back in time mm-hmm. and Beethoven. Yeah. When Beethoven wrote I think it was the ninth symphony, well the Eroica, mm-hmm. no one liked it. I mean yeah. people did, but there was a vast majority of audience and critics who thought that that was just too much. Mm-hmm. It was just too harsh. Yeah. Whereas now, everybody listens to it. <laughs> but the people of now think of contemporary music as too experimental. Yeah. yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. This is my case. Mm-hmm. So, I, I'm, for example, I, I realize that I'm not anymore a great fan of classical music because yeah. I've played almost all of it. Yeah. And I don't have the same feelings that I have. It feels like I'm talking about a crush. <laughs> but it's like I don't have the same feelings that I had for classical music as I now do for jazz. Yeah. I thought that I had nothing for jazz. We went to that one concert. Uh, yeah. Where was last Saturday? And you want to get up and like move. It was amazing. Yeah. And that is... It takes so much. And that is just yeah. all your energy. And it takes... It sucks it's so, your energy. Yeah. Yeah. And I forgot that feeling. Or like puts energy into you and then moves back to the stage. It's like this giant energy circle. Fun story. Yeah. Story time. It was, I think, ooh, eight years ago. Yeah. And I was here in Longy the first mm-hmm. time. I was I was just a kid. And I was in El Sistema, mm-hmm. which is a summer program cool. that uh, takes place in Longy. Not every year, unfortunately, but I was lucky enough to be there that year. Yeah. And we had the opportunity to play with one of the greatest conductors, cool. Gustavo Dudamel. Yeah. And we were playing Beethoven Fifth Symphony mm-hmm. and then Harry Potter yeah. right after that. That was been so fun. And I remember we were um, three concert masters that would rotate. And when it was my turn to do Beethoven, because mm-hmm. we did more than one concert, mm-hmm. uh, one was here, one was at the former White House cool. down, down the street. He, there was this moment of magic mm-hmm. where he like, brought up the baton yeah everybody was like breathing and as i breathed everybody followed me and started and for for a moment i thought wow like i'm in charge of all of this and that was amazing that was that was just a very special moment in my life where i said music has an impact in people now unfortunately doesn't stick with me forever (laughs) in my case but i I I I thought that that day we made we made we made people cry. Yeah. Imagine yeah. the the op, the 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 ability the the power to touch people's feelings yeah. by all breathing together. By not only but just by making a really good sound. Oh yeah. Without having to say one word. Yeah. That's powerful. It is really powerful, especially because, um, language as a communication tool is linearized, packed with biases, packed with um, 
packed with metaphors that can come from hatred without even the speaker even like having an awareness of them and there's a lot of room for miscommunication music is just a wide it takes a line of communication just blows it wide open yes which is room for interpretation it's room for previous experience with similar sounds it is room for meaning like that can be gathered from your face as you're playing and it can be meaning gathered from looking out at the audience and seeing someone like in wonder and then you're charged again with like keep going keep like it just explodes the capacity to change someone how someone is feeling um and that is a power that is talked about a lot it's like um but it's really hard. I, I don't know if we'll ever be able to articulate really what that power is. Um, but it's like wondrous. And where did we start on this? It was, you've lost your love for music? No, not for music. I Classical it's music. Impo- exactly. It's yeah. impossible to lose love for music. Oh, yeah. Even people who are not in necessarily in the musical industry. Yeah. They do yeah, still they love, love music. music. And, and they're no less, you know? Yeah. But I I kind of felt like um, I wasn't serving the community that I that I love yeah. enough through music. I think you are. But I think I can do more. Meaning, I have I have this feeling. Whereas, mm-hmm. you know, in a way, and given also the name of Young Leaders Podcast, I think yeah. that I. I am not made to lead with music because music is not made to have one person lead. No. Music is, is, is a force that that catches herds of people yeah. and and moves them together. If you go to a concert, mm-hmm. you don't have the main listener and then the other listeners. You know, you don't yeah. have the head of the audience and then the audience. You yeah. have the audience. And that's a beautiful thing. That's a community there. That's a community there. But I believe that I can give something different in a different way. Yeah. Through public speaking, through literature. I don't know. Yeah. Through composing. But, yeah, through composing. If you want to make an impact, like a positive impact, change people's lives, studying music now and really investing and in listening to all that you can and all of these lectures of these people and where they're coming from and what they're what they're trying to contribute with their musical experiments like that's what new contemporary music is it's like experiments it's like think a professor who you know has their phd she's read everything on a certain top like topic and she writes her own dissertation that's new material that's new material and then she spends the rest of her life studying it and coming up with new findings on this one topic she's the sole expert on in the world think of like new contemporary music as the composer's findings like their research like it's because listening so much of it is understood by past experiences and past like influenced by the sounds that you loved as a kid, for example, that new stuff is gonna, ugh, like, get out of here. Like, it's gonna sound so, it's work. not gonna you click need, emotionally. Exactly. Yeah. So these new experiments, they're not necessarily, I mean, yes, they're to be enjoyed now, 
but really they're paving the way for the future. Mm -hmm. Um, And you can even hear that in pop music. Like, there's so much now in popular music that was influenced by the classical music that was weird in the past, Mm. which is really interesting to hear. If you listen to the revised version of the Four Seasons of Vivaldi, also called The Red Priest, now it's it's accepted a lot because people people yeah. love this new version but back then when when Vivaldi wrote the four seasons yeah. it was it was a little bit it was a little bit yeah. scandal isn't that crazy way. to think about and 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 this is this is what I'm really having a hard time understanding it's because I know that in two three generations from mm-hmm. now atonal music which by by the way is already a thing has been yeah. a thing for over a hundred years mm-hmm is going to be almost as listening to a perfect triad, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's it's just that me as a as an individual, yeah. I can't catapult myself in the future yeah. as much as understanding it. And it's it. a really hard thing to do because it's removing yourself and your ear as it has been influenced and formed until right like this moment right now. It's taking that and saying Yes, and <laughs> like, yes, I understand this is what I like, but suddenly, this is interesting. Mm-hmm. This is interesting, and I think the you can only really do that if you've completely internalized the fact that it is set. It is the footsteps for the future, like yeah. the ground that we will walk on in the future. These experiments, these like new pieces, experimenting with sounds, experimenting, and it, it's also a lot of it is to free to free music from the like confines from being confined in that um borders yeah the rigid space of the triad again but i love create your own borders i love triads i'm (laughs) telling you but you create your i mean you as an as, as an individual in general this is the point the borders are created by yourself yeah because when you're born Mm -hmm. you're not born with with the with the mentality that there is a limit to things. Yeah. You think that the world is limitless. Yeah. It is growing up and understanding that there are limits. Yeah. There are lines you cannot cross. Yeah. But sometimes it goes to such a level where, where you become close-minded. Yeah. For example, a, another example that has nothing to do with music but explains mm-hmm. that in society, in this world, this is a real problem. Mm-hmm. There are countries that don't accept LGBTQ communities. Yeah. Why? Because from generations they were born in a country mm-hmm. or in societies where they were just taught as a dogma. You know what's a dogma, yeah. right? As a dogma yeah. that it, it is wrong yeah. or that there is a race in humanity, whereas there is just one race, the human race. Yeah. So this also ex- explains itself in a, in a way less heavy way mm-hmm. in music. Because when I'm born, I'm brought to believe that Classical music is is the, the way to go, whereas it's not. It's really not, because back then they didn't nope. call it classical music. Nope. Guess what they called it? Concert music? What do they call it? They call it innovation. They call it, oh, yeah. they call it experimenting Yeah. back then. That's what it really was. And then it was like used against people. That's the other thing about popular music. Popular music has always been, I mean, I don't know about it in this like commodified world. I mean, I guess things have been commodified for as long as time, but popular music is music of the people. Like, it originates Pop. from people. The populace. Yes. Like, and you go back 
all these years and it's like it's used as a community builder and this ivory tower that we have where like three men stand at the top and will never be taken down from their ivory tower Mm -hmm. that is I mean those two can influence each other of course but that are recorded history and the fact that they have been so preserved um as like the best of the best of the best of the best it's not true and it's it doesn't stand for like it doesn't stand for music mm-hmm. all right so um i want to ask you a last special question what we do in this podcast is we ask our interviewee mm-hmm. to ask a question to the next interviewee okay so I'm going to ask a question from the previous person, and then I'm going to ask you to ask a question for the next person. Okay. All right. So I'm going to try to word it in a a more clear way, because it's a very difficult question. The question is, how do you use your imagination Mm -hmm. in your craft, in what you do? I mean, you're a composer, so it does require... This is why it's it's, it's like... It's a good question. it's It's a big question. Yeah. But in a, in a very like in a like a little bit more of a summary, how would you? No, because I don't want you to. I don't want you to feel pressured to have to yeah. answer all that. But how do you? Why? How do you? How do you do that? If you do that, yeah. Um. Well, I feel very lucky to have an imagination that is pretty uh, vocal. <laughs> like I mean, it's pretty auditory, um, and so hearing that things will sound good like broadening my like literally broadening the imagination of a piece and a sound like letting my imagination do some of the work that's number one that is um openness to that is something I'm really grateful for number two as we've been talking about I think it is an imagination that allows people to feel like they are on the right track when they choose to do something as bold as pursue music in this world of capitalism. Mm-hmm. <laughs> capitalism. Capitalism. <laughs> I love um, I love yeah. this podcast. Yeah, this Jesus. Time. I love it. <laughs> but yeah, okay. Well that that explains it pretty well. That yeah. explains it very well. So basically what you're trying to tell us is to be as free as you can and true to yourself yeah. in the best way because that's the portal to the connection between what you do and the imagination. Yeah. Like having the imagination, being able to imagine a thousand different scenarios mm-hmm. and of what you could do and be successful at and then being able to really curate the one that you want the most I think is totally a um a tool that is like in your imagination that is not possible without the imagination like definitely to be like okay these are the things that are possible for me and more but i like this one and i can see it going further and i'm gonna live every day as believing in it yeah as if i'm in that world like this project yeah no exactly (laughs) seriously i think that is like imagination city <laughs> all right so last thing is you gotta look at that camera 
and ask mm-hmm. the next person mm-hmm. a question. How's your day? I'm just kidding. I can't think of one. Mm. Take your time. Thank you. <laughs> um, first of all, I love you. No, no, don't do, 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 do that. Don't do that. It's not ASMR. I know I can't think of anything. Um, let me see. Do you know who the next person's going to be? Yes, but I can't tell you. Oh. And I can't even tell you who asked you the the question oh. that that's a nice thing that is kind of fun it's it's hard though sometimes yeah especially if it's like out of the blue yeah i don't want to ask someone about like what's your practice routine <laughs> you can ask them literally no. anything like anything that's like swarming around your mind you can yeah. just, just word vomit remember we had to talk about yeah, word, vomiting. word vomit word mm-hmm. vomit what do you stand for what do you stand for? What what do you stand up for to represent? What do you fight for? What do you fight for? Oh my gosh, that's that's amazing. Thanks, I took it from DVR. This is, <laughs> this is actually a really good question because it can actually open up a podcast. Yeah, out of you can nowhere. Start with it. No, I always start with a question of. Yeah, that's but, good. But that is actually a really good starting question. I what do you that. stand for, and? How do you weave that into your daily life and practice and your relationships and your kinmanship with the world around you? I'm going to have to remember that by heart. That's going to be hard. No, 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 but yeah, don't worry. All right. Well, thank you for your time. Thank you for your time. Thank you for being here. Thanks for being a young leader. The crew thanks you. Crew, you guys. You really... But yeah, thank you so much for no, being here. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And Thanks for having me. There's going to be much more coming, I swear. Many young leaders. There are going to be a lot of people here talking, mm-hmm. especially talking. from next semester. Yeah. Talking. <laughs> we should start an ASMR. <laughs>